Cheers, everybody. How's everybody doing tonight? 7 December. I think this is Pearl Harbor Day. Morgan will confirm in a second. Um, yeah, I missed last week. I was filming my first music video. And that became kind of the driver for the conversation tonight. I was thinking about, you know, from when I left the military, all the fucking shit jobs I did. Well, they weren't shitty. They were shitty to me. To finally being able to get to do something I like. So that's kind of the driver behind tonight's conversation. Well, there's Jennifer. There's the blue rocketeer. What's going on, bud? No, oh, this is it. Kind of hanging out. And you are indeed correct. Uh, 7 December 1941. Pearl Harbor the, Day. Japanese attack Pearl Harbor. So, yeah. Uh, I guess uh, uh, also World War II related on the yesterday, which was the 6th of December, uh, actually uh, is, uh, we celebrate the disbandment of the first Special Service Force uh, 1944, December 6th in uh, Menton, France. And right now there's Canadian soldiers in Fort Lewis, Washington, uh, and they uh, did a uh, like a wing exchange and did a jump yesterday to uh, commemorate the disbandment of the first special service force. So, uh, a good old December is a busy month, right? Is that right? Wow, indeed it is. I've done that before too. I've done it. I've gone down to Fort Lewis, and it was a lot of Patricia's jumped with uh, Green Berets from uh, Special Forces Group Alpha, and uh, yeah. So you know we jumped their parachutes. They jump ours. I think I jumped out of an American uh, uh, Chinook and. Then we get on the ground. There's a big ball in Tacoma, and anyway, good piss up, and it's a good time. So, uh, so yeah, so the boys are down there celebrating that. And for those of uh, people who are listening who are not familiar, what the first special service force was, it was uh, you know from was it 1942, 1944? It was a very short lived unit, but it was yeah. essentially a, a special forces unit that was a uh, combined uh, American Canadian unit. And there was a movie made uh, a long time ago called The Devil's Brigade. And yeah, so if you want to check that, it was actually pretty interesting when you see like the Canadian soldiers march in to the to the camp in uh, Montana as the Americans are beating the shit out of each other. So it's a it's a good movie. Anyway, so it's a great movie. Yeah. So what's the thing? Like I know they have a reunion at Siffler Falls every June or something, don't they? Uh, Siffler Falls isn't uh, First Special Service Force. Siffler Falls is the first Canadian parachute battalion, and then into the oh, airport. okay, it's right, more right, of a, right, Canadian right. airborne. I'm, I'm uh, mixing uh, the two up. My uh, bad, my bad. Uh, there you go. You're you're a military historian here. Fuck, I'll and, tell you. And I believe, and and right now, uh, our Canadian Special Operations Regiment actually uh, carry the colors of this force. Uh, I think they were carried that, for a while by the Canadian Airborne Regiment, and and they've been handed on to uh, the uh, CSOR. Right on. Right on. <clears throat> yes, and also the 4th of December was St. Barbara's Day, the patron saint of gunners, sappers, and pretty much anybody who has anything to do with shit that goes boom. So, yeah, lots of stuff for December. And obviously with Pearl Harbor Day, that was the United States' entry into World War II. Um, and you know the rest, which rapidly helped World War II come to an end, and fucking here we are in this lovely world today. Mr. Hooper, you made it. How is everybody doing? Look at you with slick back. All oh, you look groomed. You do. Like slick back. Yep. You trim that beard and everything too. Like I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah. No, I actually brought my youngest for a haircut, and there happened to be room in the chair to get a little bit of a line trim, and here I am, <laughs> looking sharp. Where are you? What the hell's in your background? Uh, it's my one daughter's bedroom. Um, 
quietest place in the room or quietest place in the house, to be honest. And what are those skeletons doing? Uh, they look like they may be sucking face. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> weird, man. I'm not yeah. going to ask. No. For those of you listening uh, to this, after the fact, he's got this weird banner in the background kids are weird yeah. these days i'm not saying your kid's weird i'm saying kids no, my kid's are. weird absolutely okay. yeah maddie is uh maddie is 16 and is definitely uh unique as her father and her mother <laughs> there's nothing wrong with being unique except when you're in fucking uniform but anyway i didn't mean to go there yeah it's uh, different altogether yeah <laughs> so um yeah we're gonna talk transition um like I said, I shot that video last week, and I've been editing it all week. And all, uh, today, we recorded some interviews Monday night. I did all the and uh, started editing yesterday, and I'll do some more tonight. After I did some today, and I'll do a bunch more tomorrow. And it's fucking a wild ride, and it just kind of drove the thought process of going back to the military and the shit I did between what I'm doing now, which is obviously. This podcast, helping produce other podcasts, and the real driver, which which is why I bought all this shit that you can't see, was to start rolling video. And I know we've talked, Bryce, about doing stuff, and I, I needed a, a kickstart project to get me going. So this has been really uh, a fucking steep learning curve, but it's, yeah, the first but time in, it's the first time in a long time, I can tell you guys, where I woke up motivated to start work. Quote on uh, that's work. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It I was it was quite a unique experience, remember. to be honest. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't like I did oil and gas shit right out of the military. I went to Suncor, that lasted about five years, and they creatively fucking got rid of me. Another company, then another company, then another company. You know, with this this civvy world's fucking tough. We'll kind of get into that later on, especially. This is some some shit from Morgan to pick up on because he's going to tell, give us an update in a bit of what's going on with him. And that transition is tough because the civilian world, especially if you get into the oil and gas industry in Alberta, is up and down and um, and volatile. So it's it, it it creates its own stresses on getting making crazy uh, as we say Mac money up in Fort McMurray, and then you know you're you're in a boomer bust situation. Suddenly you're on your ass for a while back up, back down, back up, back down. It's not that steady, you know, very, very slowly rising paycheck that you got when you were in the military. That job security does not exist in the civilian world. So let's, uh, yeah. So Bryce, when you got out, I know we talked about a bit, a bit excuse me, but I'm tripping over my tongue. We talked a bit about it last year. Um, you went through a bit of a rough road. But just kind of like, what was your journey to get from there to fucking here? <laughs> My experience uh, was statistically driven, to be honest. Um, I was going through a divorce through my through through my through my leave as well. Um, so that was interesting. Uh, I found myself on the streets, uh, struggling with addictions and so forth. Uh, my mental health drove me into the hospital. Um, but just like everybody else, uh, I was, a, I was one paycheck away from, from homelessness, um, which then drove my, my after recovery, w what I'm doing now kind of thing. So did you, um, 
we're, we're going to get into the transition group, which was formerly known as JPSU, the Joint Personnel Support Unit, in a bit. Did you get any support from them or through the CF at all as part of recovery? To, to 100%, get dude, yeah. I was, sent, I was sent to the JPSU uh, for a couple of years in Winnipeg uh, to help with my transition with my mental health. That was on a severe decline while I was uh, still in. And then as well, uh, on my exit point from 2011 to 2013 at uh, the JPSU in Edmonton, uh, there was support from admin staff. There was uh, a sergeant or a warrant officer always checking in. Um, there was always somebody trying to help with some with with something to an extent. Um, there was always some sort of course that you could take to better yourself. Yeah. But the way my mental health was, I, I couldn't leave my house, let alone uh, if I was to get to a vehicle and then make my way to an appointment. Um, it, it always seemed to be a struggle. So, Okay. Yeah, that's so, so everybody kind of understands what we're talking about with that acronym. Again, what is now the Transition Center, and Morgan's going to talk a little bit about where the direction of the trajectory he's on because feels like you're at you know, unless unless I'm wrong, you're you're uh, squared off in the fucking door, ready to punch out. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, JPSU now transition center. It went. It had another name at one point. I can't remember what the fuck it was. Yeah, uh, it was it was SPHL. SPHL and what the? I, I, I have don't no know. Idea what, nah, what that stands for. It was SPHL then JPSU or whatever. Anyway, yeah. now it's now they simplified. It's called transition centers. That fall under the transition group, which fall under somebody, chief of personnel, or who fucking knows. I don't know. Oh, their 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 main function, and you can Google all this stuff. If you're a current serving member watching this because it pertains to you, it doesn't pertain to people who are already out, is mostly for uh quote unquote broken service members. Um, that are either mentally broken or physically broken or a combination thereof that can no longer uh, meet universality of service for, for lack of a better term or whatever. And they are exiting the military, but before they exit the military, they go to tra the transition center to facilitate the transit, the transition to civilian life. Now I never went through that. I just did a normal release. Um, my problems didn't come up till fucking you know later on in life because I was too tough. So I don't really know much about what they offer. So I mean, Bryce, maybe you can help out here from when you went through it, and I, obviously we can't speak to it today. What what kind of what do they offer there? I worked above them for for a few years, but I don't remember what they did when I when I was on the second floor. What they did on the first floor. And my, oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. The, the transition center was definitely there to uh, help you navigate from uh, the military aspect of things through your release, uh, including everything from um, getting resumes ready if you were looking to get back to work, uh, if you were uh, needing guidance through physiotherapy or through the physician world, uh, you needed uh, extra care through that way. Um, if there was appointments, um, that kind of jazz. Uh, and then there was also different courses or work placement that they'd put you through where if, if you were still employable within the CF, they could get you to uh, cut grass with CE or, or go over to transport and do that kind of stuff as well too. 
or help you and, and guide you through the, the release process. Cause it could be as simple as going to a couple of appointments, turning in your kit and leaving, or it could be as, uh, as they as they guide you through that two year release process, uh, and they help you set up mental health both on the base and then help you set up something for transitioning on uh, the civilian side as well. Because it's when when you get out, your mental health care does not stop; it's a continuous thing. So, so how long are people typically there? Your your transition, depending on what kind of. Um, what kind of release you have. It could be as quick as 30 days or they help people transition uh, up to two years, I believe. I know my transition was at least two years. Uh, they helped kind of square off my mental health to an extent where it was uh, manageable. Uh, I wasn't in and out of psych wards as much. Um, Just a bonus, yep. Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, with my release, it was uh, it was messy because I was actually my official release date. I was in a psych ward. <laughs> so Fuck. the, uh, yeah, the, uh, the public affairs officer who was sent down to uh, shake my hand and give me my certificate wouldn't even cross the security base uh, to come and shake my hand. Uh, thank me for my service for what they were sent down to. So it's everybody's transition is going to vary. Uh, it depends on how much of uh, how much you've gotten under control of your mental health or what kind of, space you want to uh, head into in the civilian world okay so ryan's got a comment tc edmonton is excellent as long as you're not a jerk so <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely yeah, I, I think that's like a rule for life <laughs> most places <laughs> are pretty good as long as you're not a jerk give us the fucking update of what's going on man uh i mean with me so uh about a month ago the uh, chief defense staff released his uh you know third directive with regards to COVID and the vaccine status and all that dog shit. And, um, yeah. So I want to say last week, uh, I was told, yeah, you're coming back to work. And I was just like, yeah, am I now? So for those of people that aren't uh, aware, I was sitting at home, uh, for approximately, uh, 12 months and two weeks. So just over a year sitting around doing, you know, well, I, won't, I wasn't doing nothing, but I mean, essentially, you know, just kind of. Yeah, it was 12 and a half and, uh, will come in. Like, what the that, fuck is that? Yeah, they're like, yeah, you're, you're back to work. In. Like, you know, like, well, they, they thought I was going to come back to work and they're like, yeah, like all's forgiven, all's normal. Like, don't worry about it. And I was like, yeah, I, I don't know about that. So I was like, okay, right on. So I, uh, Anyway, I had to go back into work on, on the Monday morning at, you know, uh, 08. And uh, I just, you know, and they're like, yeah, first timing is 08. Uh, you know, combat's on. And I, I I went and I spoke to, like, my chain of command, and I was just like, yeah, like, that's that's not happening. Um, uh, yeah, like, no. Like, people can say what they want. And I, and, I, and I said this to my chain of command. This is exactly what I said to them when I sat down. Because they're like, yeah, you're going to come back, you know, you're going to go back into your old position or a, an equivalent position. So you're going to go back into a quartermaster position and back in the mirroring and everything like that. like that. And and right now the, the battalion is deployed to Latvia. So they kind of really needed me back there because they're so short-staffed and they need some senior NCOs that, you know, make things happen, you know, do senior NCO stuff. And I was, I, I said, I was like, you know, w you know, with all due respect, I was like, 
I'm, I'm not doing it. Um, like, you, Chris, you and I have, have talked about it. Uh, you know, and you said, hey, if you were my trooper, I, I would have fucking charged you under the NDA 126, which makes perfect sense, but I wasn't. So I actually looked at them and I said, you know, I can, you know, I can come to Jesus with what I have done to put myself in this position. Fair enough. You know, I, I fail to follow direction, so here we are. I was like, however, I was like, in, you know, in 2022, when everybody likes to talk a big game about leadership and mental health, I was like, you know, I said, I was abandoned. And they're like, what do you mean? And I was like, yeah. I was like, there's people in the Armed Forces right now, people in this unit. I was like, people, I was like, in units in this brigade, I was like, that have been charged and convicted with sexual assault, you know, possession of child pornography, rape, and so on. I like horrible crimes. I was like, and this unit and other units stood by those members. I was like, and I was cast aside. I was abandoned. I was like, so with that, I was like, maybe I'm the one that's wrong. Maybe I'm the one that's out of step. I was like, but this organization, I was like, it's not for me any longer. Well, and that's what you and me talked about. This I was like, so people. Yeah. I was like, so the only thing I said I want is, 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 and I was, I was totally calm and cool and collected. I was like, I was like, so with that, I was like, I've got a mem I've got a memo here. I was like, and I'd like to go to the transition center. I was like, I've got 23 and a half years in the army. I was like, I'd like to go over, take advantage of the programs the transition center has. I said, so I can exit the military. I was like, in the most positive way possible. I've had a good career. I've got, you know, no complaints. I mean, other than the last year, it's been kind of a bit of a bumpy ride. I was like, but uh, I have no desire like, to continue to serve because clearly I'm the one that's out of step and I'm the one that's wrong. And that's fine. So no, I, I just no. want to leave now. Congratulations, by the way. That's a yeah. great choice on um, your behalf, my dude. They they had all the tools at their disposal to enforce discipline yeah. last year. Yeah. And we talked about this. And 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 then they flip-flopped and fucked the dog on it. And it was different across every unit. And every CEO yeah. you know, handled it differently. And if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about, you know, straight up ref refusal of a vaccination. And now it's like, oh, well, you know, we need you to come back to work. But if you don't come back to work, what, we're going to charge you? They all be like, fuck you, man. You're like, you're now you're going to charge me. Now you're going to pick and choose when the code of service discipline applies and when it doesn't. I don't blame you. Yeah. You were abandoned 100%. Your unit abandoned you. And yes. that is the current state of fucking shit leadership in the Canadian forces. And I, I'm not in right now. Yeah. Right. No, it shows. I can it, tell you it, firsthand from what I've heard from guys that are currently serving personal yeah. friends that are currently serving what you see in the newspapers about a woke military um that is subservient to, to the that to the sentinel government. program is a failure obviously and it's it's a fucking disaster and i'm happy i'm not in and i'm not shitting on the canadian armed forces as a whole i'm kidding i'm shitting on what it is devolved into and yeah. i'll get off my soapbox morgan talk me through how do you get to transition center. I know there's a few people watching this as well. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I'm kind of joking through hoops right now. I'm figuring out as I go along. I mean, uh, there's a few things. I mean, one number one, I was like, there, there is like a criteria. You can't just wake up one morning and be like, you know, I'm burned out. Send me over here because I, I, you know, I'm just done. It's a little bit more complicated than that, but uh, if if you meet the criteria and there is a can for gen and like so, I read through can for gen and I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I was like, with regards to like time served, you know, mental health, uh, physical health, uh, you know, amongst other things, I, I meet the criteria that way. Um, so I I submitted a memo stating, you know, I wanted I'd like to go to transition center. Here are the reasons why. 
Uh, and then, you know, I've got a few annexes attached to my memo. Uh, so everything from my, my, uh, my med, my mail, so, you know, my, my mail, so all my, my med file, uh, as well as like the, the can for gen itself with whatever highlighted paragraphs, uh, and saying, yeah, this is what I want to do. And I want to, uh, you know, I'm essentially like I'm done. Uh, is and, that, uh, from, from there, like, there, there has to be a bit of coordination between say my chain of command yeah. as well as the medical system, because then it's going to go and, and from a, like a medical point of view. So the, the, the medical system is going to have to review my file and I, I have to get approval through a med system to make sure that like I do, I do qualify right and now, obviously like through like the, like the, the doctors on base and things like that, like I've already talked to them, they're tracking what I'm doing. Like when people see my file, there's going to be no surprises and it, this should go fairly smoothly for me. Um, you know, I've, I've, I'm on my second, uh, temporary, you know, temporary medical category. So it's just, it's just one more. You've got two, two, uh, medical categories back to back, uh, support from your chain of command, support from the medical system. Uh, and then, uh, there's a, like a form that your, uh, your chain of command has to fill out along with my memo saying that I want to go to transition center. And then I should be able to, you know, uh, quickly and smoothly, uh, head over to the transition unit, uh, at, uh, in, in Edmonton here. Okay, it looks like Ryan did the same thing. And to answer Mike's question, um, he will not be dishonorably discharged. It'll be either a medical 3B release or a, a normal fucking... Whatever release, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just never understood the process, whether it was initiated by the unit to say, okay, this guy's broken, either physically or mentally or both. We're, we're forcing transition center, like we're sending you there. Yeah. Or you can say, look... I'm I'm done. I I can't do what you want me to do anymore, right? Like you're still you're still non-deployable technically, right? Yeah, essentially, right. So, and you're an infantry fucking unit, and you're a sniper. You know, when you're when you're a zero three one death tech, and you can't deploy, what the hell are you gonna do? Go to the recruiting center? Go to the fucking museum? I I don't know. No, no they 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 remuster you to become a truck driver. Yeah. No, and that's one of those things. Like I could, you know, as although I'm non-deployable, like so I can't do an overseas deployment. If I if I chose to stay in, I could take a posting to a school or recruit some like non-deployable, you know, place. Whether that's a bayside posting, a school, who knows? I, I could go there because I mean I could still have like you know just with my, my knowledge, uh, value added to the system and train young soldiers and young officers. Uh, but I think just just where I live currently, uh, it's just it's it's not for me anymore. Just all the, the politics behind it and everything that's currently going on in the world, like it's just not a place that I can be anymore. Right? In order to be a soldier, you kind of have to be nonpartisan, and right now that's just not me. So, like I said, I'm not I'm I'm the one that's out of step. So I'll I'll gracefully bow out. You know, no, I'm not going to sit around and piss and moan and say everybody else is wrong. Yeah, and I'm the only one that's right. It's time for me to move on. Well, to, to Cal, that's a complex question you're asking, and I don't have a direct answer because it's just. Well, no, she no, it's it's actually a simple answer to that question. Now, yeah. okay. I could just you know put in a, a you know a four C voluntary release and just kind of leave on my own accord, but yeah. I think you know after you know I'm 23 years you know plus in the army in the military, I mean I'm somewhat institutionalized. If I was just to pack my bags and leave tomorrow, I'd probably be in a shit state. So this is going to actually help me slowly transition. Out yeah, of the military that's exactly what we're in the we're most in the at. most positive way. 100%. And there's programs and 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 uh, and courses and things 
that the military offers that I'm, I like, I don't even know what I don't know. I'm hoping that when I get to the transition, so like I have an idea of what I want to do, the direction I want to head. So I'm hoping that the, the, when I get there, some people, you know, there will be like, wow, like, okay, you've actually got a plan. You know what you want to do. Here's how we can help you. And moreover, here are other things that you're unaware of that will help you in your transition out of the military into civilian life. Well, so, just to give everybody a, a war story, um, I'm going to date myself here a bit. The military has gotten a lot better at helping people transition while they're in. And I'll give you an example. So in 1989 or 1990, I was at J Battery 3RCHA in Shiloh, Manitoba. And we were having one of those PD sessions, professional development sessions. So we all get hauled into the uh, a classroom. And the troop commander, I don't know if Doug's watching this. His name is Doug Cromery. He's a really good dude. He's He's no longer in the military anymore. He went through a lot of fucking shit himself. He was giving us a a a, a, a PD lecture, if you will, on fiscal responsibility, financial management, RSPs, and we didn't have a fucking clue what he was talking about. We're like, "What is this guy talking about?" Like back then, the system was designed for you to not have to worry about anything except your job. So if you lived in the shacks or you lived in a PMQ, your, you know, your rent was taken out of that. Your rations and quarters came off your pay. If you got a phone in your room, that came off your pay. You bought all your stereo and bullshit at the Canex and it went on the Canex plan. It came off your pay. Um, maybe a car payment outside of that. You didn't have to worry about paying bills. We had guys who did not know how to pay bills. Yeah. Because everything was taken care of for them. That's as we progressed through the 90s and 2000s, they slowly got away from that. And that is not, that was never the way to do it. But that's how they wanted it. They didn't want you to worry about that shit. They didn't want guys that had carrying debt or any of this shit. So they managed as much of it as they could. And it was helpful, kind of, when you're starting out making fuck all pay. But eventually, you, you need to be able to, to learn those basic skills because once you leave the military, you got to pay for all your own shit. Like, there's no, you know, it's just that's the way it was. But it was so alien to sit through this lecture and listen. I didn't know what an RSP was, or and I didn't save money. Money went in, money went out. Yeah, 100%. Night before yeah. payday, I'd be surfing a check pulling out money and so I could go down to the bar and, and blow it all and just repeat, repeat, repeat. Yeah. And by Tuesday, the following week, it was already blown. Oh, yeah. for sure. But I mean, it's, it's, it's not like that now. Now they, the Canadian military housing guys don't really exist anymore. It's all thrown out to a third party. If I'm, if I'm not uh, correct. That's correct. Right, yeah. Oh, they no don't way. want the guys in the shacks. They don't. They want them on the economy, which is good and bad. It's good for their personal lives, uh, but it's bad for building morale and cohesion. Like when you lived in that fucking gated base and your whole life was there, it was either the mess or the field, and that was it. But those, you know, those good times. Good times. Yeah, great times. Yeah, Ryan um, saying, yeah, the sergeant major's canteen always took my money too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was oh, always man. a week behind that on was, that. That guy. was another thing, right? <laughs> You'd be on the field for six weeks, and the, the sergeant major he had a canteen truck, and you could buy all your chips and smokes and shit from him. Then you come in, you get field pay, 
Put your fucking wash basin and bungee cord on. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> Actual pay parade. You lined up, and the uh, battery clerk was there, like in front of you. You'd show your ID card in the left hand. You'd sign for your field pay. Yeah. And then you take one pace left close march, and there was the BSM, and you're handing all that field pay back to pay <laughs> off your shit. Yeah, oh, yeah. Fuck, man, that, that's how it was. It was good times. Okay, no more old guy stories. Um, yeah, you got a lot to think about getting out because you're you're getting out at a shitty time. The, the economy is a fucking disaster. You know, I'm not going to get into that right now, but it's you, you really need to, My, I guess we'll, we'll do the words of advice, is plan your exit. I've seen so many guys fail to plan their exit um whether they were just retiring normally you know they maxed out 30 some fucking years yeah. of wearing uniform or got suddenly got a 3b but at least they're automatically getting pension your military pension's not that much i don't care what rank you were it doesn't cover today's costs not so at really all need, you know unless you were a rock star with your money throughout your career and your <laughs> house and shit was paid off and i don't fucking know anybody like that i'm sure they're out there yeah. um you need to plan your exit and, and line up what your next career is going to look like. And I know 100%, like, yeah, you definitely yeah, like, got some crazy skills, Morgan, if you can find the right guys to put them to use. Yeah. Like, and, and that's it. And, and that you, you kind of hit the, the nail on the head there, Chris, like I said, you got to plan your exit. I mean, and, but uh, you know, that goes for anything in life, you know, I mean, if you're going to do anything in life, you know, you have to kind of sit down and kind of, you know, plan it out to some degree. Uh, otherwise, you know, just if, you know, you think you're just going to kind of skate and next thing you know, things don't pan out the way you thought they were going to, you know, you can fall flat on your face. I mean, like normal military planning, you're going to come up with your three courses of action. I mean, this is what you want to see happen, but you're also prepared for, you know, a course of action two and three. And, now, you know, like Ryan said, have three months of living saved, uh, you that's, know. That's a very good even, point. Even from a pension yeah. standpoint, like how long does it take for your pension to kick in? I mean, in a perfect world, yeah. you know, it's not overnight. It's yeah. thirty days sometimes, but I've seen guys go up to ninety. If yeah, not Ryan, more, six Ryan's months. Not longer, yeah, man, right? have so, three months where the pay saved yeah. up. I mean, and I, I'm I'm also hypocritical on have a plan because I had no plan. Yeah. My my shit was handed to me on a fucking platter by my former boss. You know, while I was in Afghanistan. Oh, while wow. I was in Afghanistan, he said, "When you get back." You're not going to be able to readjust to to uh, going back to fucking normal, you know, parade square life and shit from from the stuff I, I was doing. Yeah, and I was I was already mad. There's a lot of reasons I was mad. I'm not getting into that today. So I had a job waiting for me as soon as I got back. All I had to oh, do was wow. release, and that took a bit of time. But I was lined up with a fucking wicked job in McMurray because we were in the, Alberta was in the middle of a boom. And it brought a couple guys with me that also got out at the same time because if they would have missed that window, they'd be in a shitty state. So that's yeah. Yeah. it is hypocritical to be asked in that, but well, not really, not really, Chris. Like, once again, everything is, is uh, you know, dependent on you know the time in which you release. So you did have a plan, it's just that just because we were in the middle of a boom, it was kind of idiot, and you could put all your eggs well, in one basket because you knew it was there. I mean, I had, I, I had like six months heads up, I talked to him in December, yeah, so. To say we you didn't have a plan, you're kind of selling yourself. Sure, you absolutely had a plan. It's just There's you only one. had one course of action. It just worked out. Yeah, yeah I had one Koa handed to me. So, yeah. okay, fucking done deal. But that was kind you of know, a plan. Same time, yeah. guys leaving or guys uh, releasing now. 
Um, especially in the Edmonton area, there's uh, the Veteran Food Bank that's set up. They have financial help as well, too, so you don't have to worry about uh, paying your bills. Um, if you can go there, and there's qualifications to meet, of course, um, but they will financially help you as well, not not just a food thing. And then yeah. they'll help you guide you through uh, your benefit program as well, too, which is yeah, a big one because a lot of guys don't know how to get man. through that. Bryce nailed that on the fucking head. That shit yeah. didn't exist back then. Five years ago, organizations that that are around, right? Like the amount of help I've gotten to deal with my veterans affairs stuff in the last year and a half has been absolutely astronomical compared to what it have been like when I got out, which is you know ten almost ten years ago was my my release date. Even twelve months ago, there wasn't a thing uh, homes for heroes in the Edmonton area. That was never an issue. Yes, there was other organizations that had uh, housing uh, that you could access if, if it really came down to it. But you never had anything where it was a crisis where you could be in the next morning if you needed it. Yeah, uh, Homes for Heroes was, is one of those awesome things that shouldn't have to exist. Yeah, but thank, and, but thank God it does. You know, it exists, but the problem is now the 20 units are full. So now there has to be uh, something else that we do. Too. 35 blowout, man. I, I know. It's, yeah. It's, oh, um, man. And it's bad. It's real bad. Lately, they've been, uh, the local Gestapo has been out patrolling the streets and uh, basically picking people up out of their tents, um, claiming that they're just picking up garbages and so forth. But these peace officers are going through and moving them out. And some can stay and some don't. Some are getting pushed further out of the inner core and some are getting pushed in into the inner city even more. Uh, and then they're leaving other ones alone in the river valley. And there's other places that have giant encampments that aren't being touched. But there's a lot of excuses being made by the city right now, especially no minus 30. And these no humans doubt. are outside. I believe that I'll bet you every homes for heroes is full right now because things are fucked out there. Whether you know, oh yeah, the Calgary one has been at max for a couple of years now. I'm pretty sure the Winnipeg one I don't think is even established. There's one that was established, uh, doesn't have broken ground in Hamilton too, or somewhere in uh, Ontario. I knew was breaking ground too, um, but it just sucks that th- this is something that the military's been around for a very long time, and you'd think they'd have this kind of shit sorted out. But why does it? <laughs> yeah, why does it have to be veterans? Why does it have to be service members that are figuring it out after the fact? This system has been in play for so long. Let's talk well, about that. I'll tell you what. Okay, <laughs> to be fair, so to be to be semi-fair, I try to be impartial. Yeah, the military is partially at fault because it's 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 got a trend. The transition center or the transition group with the transition centers is designed to set you up to be successful, but it can't keep you for twenty-eight years and and coddle you. And then on the flip side, the back end of that, once you go out that door, you should be falling under Veterans Affairs, which is sure as fuck gone through its growing pains and evolution to yeah. keep pace with the, with the, you know, specifically since the Balkans conflict in the former Yugoslavia and with the shit in Afghanistan. They were sitting idly doing pretty much fuck all because we, this, the Canadian Armed Forces hadn't done anything since Korea, not of any significance. I mean, no, what was the next big thing before that? 74 war in Cyprus? That's yeah. fucking her, man. Through all the 70s and 80s, there was nothing. Then the 90s kicked off, and these guys, you know, shook the cobwebs off and really had nothing in place to yeah. keep the pace with the operational tempo 
and the amount of stressors and injuries physically and mentally the guys were coming back with that impacted their ability to function in the civilian world. So they're fucking to blame more than the military to me. That's a shared blame. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a program that should have been hand in hand for the military. Right? But you're correct. The, I'd say the bulk of the programs that have come out, and I can just speak to Edmonton alone, with uh, the Veterans Association Food Bank, with Homes for Heroes, and then, I mean, you've got all these other ones. There's a fucking million of them out there. Wounded Warrior, um, help me out here. What else? Like, <laughs> Oh, there's a couple of really cool uh, organizations uh, in the Jasper area that help out uh, veterans and adventures as well, too, as long as you can yeah. make your way out that way. Um, oh, Veterans all, Villa on the south side, yeah, Cockrell yeah. House in BC. Like, there's a lot, man. If yeah. I if I took the time to think about it, but those organizations didn't exist until the problem became so obvious. Yeah, and 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 how far behind Veterans Affairs Canada was. Yeah, hundred percent. And how short sighted the Canadian Armed Forces was. And again, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to not, I'm not dumping on these organizations. I'm simply illuminating the terrain on which we are currently deployed. No, and a lot of these, and a lot of these organizations are civilian started. They're the ones who are yeah. seeing that there's so much struggle going on. And then of course there's money and capital and everything else that gets involved after the fact, but it shouldn't be that way. There's enough generals that have been retired that have that must have seen the rest of us go through the meat grinder of a release program that there is. Like, yes, it's it's gotten better over the you years. Fucking tell me one general you're gonna count on. Yeah. <laughs> like, come know, on, Cormick. Yeah. They're all working uh, for FNC Lavalin. I mean, I, I don't even fucking go yeah. there. Like, I'll just start raging yeah. and wrecking my shit. <laughs> no, nah, it's a beautiful cut. I guess oh Chris, like just like devil's advocate, right? So, yep. Yeah, we've got. There's a lot of obviously like uh, like Veterans Affairs, uh, a lot of programs. There's a lot of things. Now, granted, it, it, it's almost a bit of a fucking mystery. Like nobody knows everything that's available to you. It's something you kind of kind of dig and figure out on your own. It's like they don't volunteer this information to you. But like, it's coming to a point now where people know there are things that you can possibly do to help yourself out. Uh, so, I mean. At the end of the day, the world's a cruel place. And, and and since when has the world or anybody given a shit about your feelings or my feelings or anything else? Doesn't exactly. matter what you've done. Doesn't matter who you are. So there, there does come a bit of personal responsibility. Like, you know, I, I know, like, I'm no, I'm no more important than anybody. Just a number. Nobody gives a shit. The only, but the person who does give a shit about me, well, is me. So if I'm going to be the only person that's going to determine, like, how successful I'm going to be outside of the military is me. So I can sit around and cry in my beer and be like, and look for handouts and be like, everybody should help me because I was an airborne sniper and I was badass. Like nobody gives a shit. So yeah. if, I'm, if you're not yeah. willing to help yourself, don't expect anybody to pick you up either. Right. hundred percent. So yeah. that, 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 now that's just me. Maybe. No, I, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Like my biggest fear is, yeah. is that guys are going to be approaching release who don't have a plan and they're going to see all these fucking organizations out there and start abusing the system. That's been going on for a hundred years already. What do you mean? Yeah. No, 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 define, define, define abusing, abusing the system. system right? Yeah. Let's, yeah. What do you Let's mean abusing the system? Or is okay. it actually using the system? That yeah, exactly. What's right, using, what's on. abusing? I, I know guys that are fully, I, I know new guys that were fully capable and able to work. And we fucking told them. Have a plan before you release. Have a plan before you release. They got their little payout. 
fucking blew it all on a truck or a Harley. Yeah, now they yeah. can't afford to feed themselves, so they're yeah. calling the fucking food bank, right? There's there's guys that there's make guy 10 to 15. Coast. I'm not naming his name. This is what he's done with his life. Is He, he blew all his money, um, had no fucking plan when he got out, fully, fully able to work, right? He had all of his limbs and shit, and fucking... He, he, you know, so he's looking for handouts because I, I'm not saying the guy's lazy or these people are lazy. I'm saying they didn't have a plan and now they're going to fall back on social assistance, if you want to call it that, that caters towards their status as veterans. Yeah. And that's what I, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm saying you need to have a fucking plan. No one gives a fuck about you, but you, to, to use your words. Yeah, and those those organizations are intended as fallbacks and temporary solutions to to get you by if things go to shit. And yeah, things go to shit. I get that. Absolutely. But yeah. you need to have a fucking plan. <coughs> Comes full circle. Yeah. Um, if you have the opportunity to to take advantage of what transition center offers as far as its services go, absolutely oh, yeah. take advantage of them. And because, schooling options and all right, sorts of all, things. All that yeah. shit. And then make yeah. sure you understand your yeah your educational uh, rights or, yeah. or um, what you're entitled to for, for to help pay for school. And and make sure you, you, know, you know all of your fucking entitlements prior to your release. And if you don't yeah. know that, there are people outside the system, like, like the volunteers down at the uh, Veterans Association Food Bank, who can walk you through your entitlements which is what should happen at transition center. I would hope um, hundred yeah, percent. And, there is, and yeah. then help you with all any of your veterans affairs type stuff that needs to happen from there, whether it's claims or whatever, at least get you your K number and get things going. Um, that's, that's, that's what I'm, I guess my messaging. That's pretty much what I got for tonight. Yeah. And even yeah. if you don't have a plan and you have to bail at the end of the day, there's options out there now. There's so many options out there. It, it, it's, it just comes down to if you're at the rock bottom of things, all you have to do is reach out and ask. The services yeah. are there. That there, There's help. There's, there's options for talk therapy. There's options for psychotherapy. There's psychedelic options now for different medications. Um, physiotherapy, chiropractor, all that kind of stuff is available for veterans. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that that's if you're all fucked up. And I'm talking about just normal dudes who are perfectly, well, whatever that means these days. Yeah. If you've done 20 guys years in the military. Totally, yeah, you're probably not completely normal. Um, <laughs> and a people couple that are capable and able to work that don't know what they want to do. Yeah. There's things for you, too. There's there's workshops. Um, on LinkedIn, there's a, I can't remember the name. I'm going to Google it, and I'll post the link to it on YouTube later on or on my, on my Twitter or whatever that in is the, companies in the comments that, below in the comments below <laughs> that specialize or, or, or target veterans. Like, what the fuck? It's going to drive me nuts, man. If, if anybody watching knows what I'm talking about, like it, it, it's companies that job place veterans. Oh, there's that scan seminar that'll go in and the hell, like, was it hard or hard hats or some bullshit? Oh, for, oh that, yeah. 
from uh, helmets to hard hats or some an organization like that. Yeah, yeah. That's it. CISIP. Yeah, CISIP will help you with that kind of stuff. Basically, transition all of your yeah, military skills cool. over to a resume base. Yeah, absolutely. Dig into that. But yeah, that helmets to hard hats are from bayonets you know, to work boots or some shit. Yeah, like there's that. also a couple of senior peers in the area too. There's always somebody who's who's who knows benefits pretty well, like the back of their hand, who's uh, retired. MWO, retired warrant officer, somebody who's been around for a while. Uh, there's always somebody to pick your brain too. So, yeah, yeah, the net the networking is 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 huge. I've helped a lot of guys rewrite their resumes. You know, like you can't just have on your resume drove tank, fired big gun. Yeah, um, that's actually a paid service. How to translate? <laughs> you know what you've done if you t- did a senior leaders course or an ILQ, whatever the fuck they call it this month. You know, it, it, into into middle management. It's just, it's all it's all verbiage and how you phrase a lot of your skills and rewrite it. And I've helped a few people rewrite their resumes. You know, after being in the civil industry for a while. So take advantage of that shit. It's out there. If you got any questions, you know, um, yeah, get at me. I'll point you in the right direction. I'll try to post as many links on the the stuff as I can yeah. once I look them up. And if you're listening, check out the Dean Blundell website and get some merch. Yes, I was going to plug the merch. But, Fire for uh, Effect merch. Go, go there, buy this shit, man. All the money. I've sold one hoodie so far. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I make no money, no fucking money. All of it goes to the food bank, which helps with all the shit we've been talking about. 100%. So anything you buy, a t-shirt, a ball hat, or a hoodie, um, yeah, that that whatever 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 after the overhead fucking all goes to the, the veterans association food bank link down below um all right, yeah all right let's wrap this shit up thanks everybody for listening tonight and uh we'll see everybody in one week i better thank my sponsors here first of all fire for effect and fire for effect live are brought to you by deanblundell.com go to deanblundell.com canada's largest digital source of sports news and all kinds of crazy ass shit. My podcast is on there, and you can listen to it audi- audi- audibly, audibly, audibly. Um, you can hear it. And there's a bunch of other good ones as well. So check that out. Positive Mike's Brewing Company. Mike was watching tonight. You can still get the gear. Check out Mike's social media. I have the privilege of enjoying the beer. I am running low, Mike. We'll work something out. Um, Mr. Hooper, Inc. Again, my man, Bryce. If you're looking for alternative sources to medicine and all that good stuff, check out, uh, get a hold of Bryce. DM him. You get him on all of his social medias as well. And last but not least, my good friends at uh, Lakeside Farmstead, Jeff Nona and his family, banging out amazing dairy products. Their cheese keeps evolving and getting better and better. It is sold throughout the Edmonton area. Um, You'll have to check it out. And uh, the only producer of Wagyu Cross Beef in northern Alberta. So it's been a lot of fun. We're going to shut this shit down. Thanks for watching. We'll see you guys next week.